0: listening to another episode of the Beulah Girl podcast. For links, related resources and even more encouragement, visit BeulahGirl.com. Hi friend, thanks so much for tuning in to the Beulah Girl podcast. I'm Carol Whitaker, your host. This past month, we talked about trials. And also this past episode, we talked about just remaining steady in the faith. We talked about those things that can make us turn, you know, turn away from God, drift away in our faith, trials that come that really just discourage us and make us not, uh, not want to continue running the race. And this past episode, I talked specifically about just remaining steady and going on even though we will face opposition and persecutions and trials. And I want to continue along that same vein tonight. And I want to talk specifically about being aware of those difficulties that will pop up that will get us off course, that will make us perhaps want to even abandon our faith. Because the reality is in our Christian walk, that we can love God very much and yet be so discouraged and so harassed and so overwhelmed by what we're going through that we, we're we not sure if we can keep going. We're not sure if we can keep up the pace. And so this episode is just an encouragement when we're in those places. Maybe you're in that place now as you're listening that you are going through trials that are so overwhelming that you're not sure if you can make them through and earlier in the month we talked about those trials God uses to teach us but what we'll be talking about this episode certainly God can use any kind of trial to teach us but a lot of times we just go through trials just because we're living in a in a world that has sin and because when you bear the the badge of Christian you immediately, draw some opposition. And there will be people who oppose you, there will be all kinds of difficulties that we that we will face as we're attempting to live out the call of God. And so it's really good to sort of be aware of what those are specifically. So when we encounter them, maybe we're encountering them now, we can be aware and and not let those things derail us. But instead, we can just know that it's part of the christian experience and that it it happened to jesus it happened to his disciples and that we can keep pushing through that seems to be kind of our theme this month of remaining steady and persevering in our faith no matter what we're personally going through years ago god called me to start a ministry for women a self worth ministry It doesn't look anything like I really envisioned. I was very excited when he called me to it. But as I've gotten into it, as much as I love speaking about self-worth and the other topics that I talk about in this podcast, which is coming out of BuellerGirl.com, you can check that out. Um, Our whole focus is to help women find identity in Christ. But as excited as I was when God called me to start, writing articles. Um, I've been doing the blog now for four years and the podcast for one. But as excited as I was to be writing articles and to be teaching women in these areas that God had helped me in and is helping me in, I never expected. I really just didn't have it on my radar, the kind of frustrating conflicts and situations that I would get myself into in attempting to answer his call. Now when I'm talking about the opposition we face, I'm not talking about going around and being obnoxious and saying, well, I'm just, you know, I'm being persecuted as a Christian here. No, I'm talking about the kind of opposition we face and the trials we face when we're actually just on course, when we're attempting to to be obedient to God and we get opposition um, simply because we're answering his call and we face challenges in life and also people just oppose us. But as a blogger, You know, I have had some really positive feedback. People have told me in response to my articles, you know, thank you so much for posting this. This has really helped me, which is, of course, the whole goal of the site is to help other women in these areas that God has helped me and is helping me so much in. But I have received more than just positive feedback. I have also, on the other side of things, received some very negative um, responses to just my overall theology, I've gotten into discussions with people for just different views I have on certain points of theology. And I've just also had people who just randomly come across my site um, that will oppose, oppose, you know, just oppose the whole Christianity thing altogether or oppose a specific view that I have. And a lot of times, you know, these people don't really take the time to read my articles, but just because I, you know, um, kind of putting myself out there as a Christian blogger, you know, they are opposed to what I do and it can be challenging. It can feel like a punch in the gut. Every time I get a negative email, it can feel very difficult, but I have to remember in those places that, um, you know, this is, the, this is a normal part of answering God's call. And so similarly, wherever you find yourself, we will face opposition, we will face trouble, but it's important to remember um, what that, those kind of um, problems look like so we can kind of be prepared for them or we can kind of pinpoint them if they're happening in our life right now. And instead of letting them derail us, that we can say, okay, I know what's going on here and I'm not gonna let it stop me. Um, I'm going to turn to God instead of turn away from him. And so here are some things I think we all need to keep in mind as we're doing ministry. The first thing to remember, and by ministry, I don't mean that we have to be working necessarily um, in a an actual like church ministry. I just mean that as a follower of Jesus Christ, as we walk with him, he will give us, I've talked about this in previous podcasts, he will give us a realm of influence, a specific you know, um, Ministry, we each have where we use our gifts to serve Him and draw other people into the kingdom and help in whatever capacity we can with our gifts and talents. But the first thing we need to really keep in mind that can derail us is we need to remember that the results are often visible to us or take longer than we would like. God may inspire us to minister in a certain way. Uh, Perhaps He inspires us, you know. to talk to a stranger at a grocery store, or maybe there's a friend from our past and he just inspires us to reach out to them, or maybe it's our neighbor and we just feel like we're led to bake something for them and bring it over. Whatever the case, we may never see how our obedience plays out in the person's life. We can do that act of service and then not see any tangible change in that person of them wanting to draw to God and become saved, Or if they're already a believer and we're just feel called to encourage that person, we may not see them make a change in the immediate moment. Or if we're called to maybe say something to them about an unhealthy behavior, if it's a a unhealthy, you know, behavior, and and we feel like the Lord wants us to gently kind of lead them, you know, reproach them and say, okay, let's let's get back on the right path type, type of thing. They may just stubbornly persist in whatever they're doing. And we may feel frustrated and feel like, Lord, why did you have me talk to that person? Or why did you have me beg something for them? They're, they're never going to come to you or that believer is never going to repent or whatever it is. We don't always get to see how our obedience matters. Um, we don't get to see the results that we would like. However, it tells us that when we remain in God, um, that we will bear fruit, that the assignments he gives us, even if we can't see how our obedience is playing out, that it's producing fruit, even if we can't see it, it's producing fruit for us in our life, and it's producing something in the lives, fruit as far as, you know, it's doing something in the lives of those people that he has us talking to, but we may not see it right away. I remember listening to a missionary who came to my Sunday school years ago and he was just explaining how frustrated he felt um, on the mission field. He spent a great deal of time and energy evangelizing, but rarely after his evangelizing efforts, rarely in the moment when he was talking to people, did he see them turn to Christ. And so he was praying about that and he just told God how frustrated he was And he felt like God told him that he was just planting seeds that would someday bear fruit in the person's life, that he was expecting to see that fruit immediately, but God was just having him plant a seed. And then perhaps someone else would come along later and plant another seed, and then another seed would be planted. And that's often how God works. And we may feel like what we just did was pointless because we didn't see the result in the moment, but we have to know that whatever God asks us to do, that we're obedient to those things, that it will it will bear fruit. It's just that we may not always see it. And it may discourage us so greatly that we want to say, you know what, I'm not I'm not doing this ministry thing anymore. I'm not trying to answer the call of God anymore. I nothing has happened. This this isn't working. This is pointless. We're only responsible for the part God gives us to do. And we're not responsible for what comes out of our obedience but often we can get so discouraged that we just give up. Another point that I think is important for us to remember when it comes to um, that which can derail us from the Christian walk is that often just the cares of life are so demanding and overwhelming, and they can easily derail us from what we should be doing. Serving God is demanding in and of itself. But the truth is that we live out our service to God. We don't live, we don't, we don't do so in an insulated bubble. We have family things going on. We have marital conflicts that pop up. We have children who have needs and who have, you know, demands and maybe a certain um, health issues or whatever that make it so that they need constant care. We have extended family um, demands there. We have friendships that need cultivating. We have to c- take care of our houses and we have jobs that we have to go to and bills that need to be paid. And just the everyday little things can be so overwhelming. Jesus told a parable and it's in several of the gospels, but in Matthew, let me get you the reference here. It's um, Matthew 13, 1 through 23 you can read about it. But in this parable of the sower, there was a sower who was out throwing seed and the seed fell on different types of ground. And the seed was representative of the word of, of God and the ground was representative of different types of hearers. And there was really four that he gave in this parable, but one of the types of soil that was described was thorny. And, um, and the seed there was seed that fell on thorny ground and so the seed grew and and developed but then was choked out by the thorns and really Jesus was saying that many people hear the word of god they they want to follow god's calling they know what they should do but then the demands of life choke out what god would have us to do. And it's not really an intentional, it's not like, oh Lord, I just don't wanna listen. It's just life gets so overwhelming and demanding. When I wrote the original draft of this this article, which how I usually write is I write a few things in a journal when, when the inspiration hits and then I'll pull them at a later time. Sometimes a year later, sometimes a couple of months later, and this original draft i wrote actually about a year and a half ago and when i wrote it when i wrote it um i had three kids under the age of eight um and well eight and under i should say and my youngest was 10 months old and i was trying to not only you know do the mom thing but i was trying to write a study that i felt like god had told me to write um and i was working on every nook and cranny in my spare time. But as I was trying to write it over the course of the the winter months, my son kept on coming down with these little viruses. And so it was like I was constantly doctoring him. And then my youngest uh, daughter, who was 10 months old at the time, as I shared, wasn't yet one, she was teething. And it seemed like every tooth that was coming in, she was in pain and she wasn't sleeping well and my other two older ones after their first tooth they were fine like teething wasn't really an issue they never woke up at night crying because of their teeth but my daughter my youngest one had issues with her teeth and so she was in my bed for every few nights or so while she was um you know going through this period of teething like we'd be good for a couple weeks and then another tooth would come in and she'd be back in my bed and I was not sleeping well. And so it was just so difficult to find time for the study that I wanted to give up on it. And it's, it's like I knew God was really asking me, but there was just this tension of having the weight on my shoulders of having to care for little ones and then also feeling like I, you know, knowing that God wanted me to also work on this. So sometimes we can have those major distractions and they discourage us to the point that we just say, you know what, Lord, I can't do what you're asking right now because I've got to take care of my house right now or i got to take care of my kids right now or I've got this marriage thing. And I'm not saying that we can't have seasons where God just has us rest or um, not do as much activity as, as in, in other seasons as far as, you know, the work he, um, has us do. But what I am saying is that we can't let those distract, you know, distractions and other responsibilities derail us from what he would have us to do, make us walk away and just say, Lord, I can't do what you're asking right now because I've got too much going on. Um, we don't want to be like the sea that was choked out by the thorns. A third way that we can get discouraged and stop running our course and that we really need to be aware of is that we face fears from within. Now, when I was writing this original draft or when I wrote it, I didn't have this point, but I really felt like I needed to include this. And this is one that is kind of resonated with me, particularly in the season I'm in. But what I mean by fears from within is not only do we have, you know, we can get discouraged because we don't see results, we can get discouraged because of the trials of life that we go through, but we can also just have difficulty remaining steady of our course just because of our own, We, we battle not only external things, but within us, we also have a lot going on so not only are we we're just completely stressed on the outside but then we can be stressed on the inside i want to just read to you from second corinthians 5 this is paul he said he's writing this uh to the church of corinth but he says for when we came into macedonia we had no rest but we are harassed at every turn conflicts on the outside fears within what he's talking about there is he was on a missionary journey and he they were just completely surrounded by problems and trials and arguments with false teachers. And he was stressed out. And not only that, but he had these fears within. And, you know, if you study this, a lot of scholars will say, well, the fears within he was talking about, he was worried about the church of Corinth because he had sent a letter to them that was very stern about some of the You know, behavior in the church and really kind of getting them back on the right track. And he was worried because he hadn't met Titus as of, um, he hadn't met Titus before that point and heard how the letter was received. And so he was worried about that. And, you know, so that's what most scholars will say. But I think when I read this, that fears within, you know, it could really just be representative of those anxieties we have as we're following the will of God that whatever that looks like for you I know for me that I struggle with such intense fear um at times when I'm talking with people we have just our own battles um and I don't know that Paul's really referring to that necessarily here but just I know that you know all of us we have insecurities that we're fragile that we're human and that we have struggles with sin as we're trying to live out the Christian walk. The pressure is so great at times just to be the model for others. And of course, there's the grace of God. Of course, he's there for us in our weakness. But sometimes that pressure of of not knowing how our message is going to be received or wondering if we're inadequate or doubting, you know, is this really what God would have me to do? Or am I going to lose my job if I say something here? You know, just having those internal doubts and fears can be so intense at times that in combination with that which we're facing on the outside, it can really just cause us to Maybe we don't even want to get out of bed in the morning. We're just like, Lord, I can't take this pressure anymore. Like, I'm so done. I had this experience just this past week. Um, you know, I think it's it's normal to look at somebody who writes a blog like I do and think, wow, that person's like a spiritual superhero or they have it all together. But I just want you to know that the fears and the inadequacies and the weaknesses are there even as I write about God and I study the Bible, I'm just a fragile person. I'm just like all of you listening. Um, I'm nothing, I'm nothing different. And so, you know, I was at church the other day and, um, I, I've just been experiencing so much pressure. I, I've been trying to make some changes in an area and, and being really, talking to a lot of people as I go throughout my day and, and really being bold, but I've never been more exhausted and I've never been, I love God. I love talking about God. Um, but I don't love talking about God to people who don't want to talk about God and it's exhausting and it's debilitating and I just feel exhausted. And I also feel just this pressure to be perfect, um, a lot of times. So I was feeling this and I was sitting in the service and as God has so often done for me, he, the message was um, really, it was from Hebrews, but it was just about the grace of God. Uh, but, it, you know, the basic message at the end was, you know, pray about your struggles. And I don't really remember all of it, honestly, but then the pastor just kind of said something at the end that was kind of like an added thing. And I know God just put it right into his mind I know it was for me and maybe it was for some other people there too, but he just said, some of you are kneeling down on the inside. You're facing so much pressure and nobody can see it. But, you know, something, he just said something about some of you are kneeling down the, in, the inside. And he was talking right to me because, you know, uh, I go throughout my day. I have to be this incredible mom, wife, Christian, sometimes the pressure is so great because the demands of life are so great, and what I do here is such a fight to even be able to record podcast episodes or to write blog, you know, blog posts. Um, I, you know, as a as a mom, I kind of just have to work it in whenever I have time, when my my youngest is napping or when my kids are asleep, and it's frustrating. It it uh, isn't ideal, and. You know, it, it's not, I would choose to have more free time um, than I do right now. I feel very, I feel harassed on every side, like Paul's describing here. Um, we had no rest, but we were harassed at every turn. But I, I want to just point out what Paul said but God who comforts, if you continue on in verse 6 of the same passage, said, But God who comforts the downcast comforted us by the coming of Titus, and not only by his coming, but also by the comfort you had given him. He told us about your longing for me, your deep sorrow, your ardent concern for me, so that my joy was greater than ever. So basically, Paul saying, I was crushed on every side, but then God comforted me. And he brought Titus to me and I heard that you, you know, he was saying that he found out from Titus that the Corinthian church had decided to repent, that they were not angry at Paul, that they had just decided, you know, that Paul, Paul's rebuke was right on. They were going to accept it. They were sorrowful for the wrong and they were, you know, and it was a really good report. And Paul's saying here how happy is to hear about that because he was very worried but i think we should just know that it just says in verse 6 it says but god who comforts the downcast and that you know it's like paul the great, this great missionary y'all i mean he wrote books of the bible paul was so bold and such a fearless leader and that he had fears within he had to be comforted and that is a comfort to me whether his fears look like mine he, he they don't exactly he was much bolder but he had he was struggling, not only with external pressures, but fears within. And so I think that that can, can be, if we don't turn to God, if we don't allow him to comfort us, there is nothing else that can comfort us. Friends are great. You know, we can, God can use people, but it's God who we have to turn to when we are really, really struggling. And if we don't, we can easily just get off course. The last point I want to make that can get us off course is you know i mentioned we don't often see the results the trials of life um internal fears just struggles within ourselves even sin battles that we you know we're working on as we're trying to minister to others but the last point i want to make is we get persecuted for our efforts. as I kind of alluded to in my intro, so not only do we have the inconveniences and trials that come just as a result of trying to do God's will, living in a fallen world, we will have people who actively work against us in our efforts. Um, as I was reading from Second Corinthians, Paul had people who were actively working against him, not only as far as unbelievers, just in as he was you know, spreading the gospel, but he had people within the church and he was concerned about his own church members that they would be led astray by false teachers because he had false teachers infiltrating the churches that he was attempting to establish. So he had a lot of concerns on every front, but we will be persecuted for our efforts. My version of the Christian life would be that I would never have anybody oppose me, but that isn't the reality. And we will be persecuted just as Paul here, he was you know persecuted by these um, those in the community, but he was also persecuted by those within his own church, and that is the reality that can be so difficult. Is that at times we will be persecuted by those close to us in our friendships and family relationships when we follow the call of God. One interesting tidbit about Jesus is that his own brothers did not believe in him before the resurrection. Before Jesus. Um, died what we read about is his own brothers um, did you know even though they had seen miracles they were not considered they were not with you know in his following of disciples before um, his resurrection and in john 7 5 it talks about his own brothers not believing in him and we can just imagine the tension in the house when Jesus made specific comments about being the Messiah, how difficult it would be to have a brother like Jesus. Um, He was perfect. He never made a mistake. His parents were amazed at his wisdom. I mean, you know, one of the things John Bloom points out in an article that's really good, but he just says, you know, as sinful fallen brothers, you know, how could the response be anything different? Um, how could they believe in him? Um, because you know, it would be difficult to have a brother like that. And so often we have the same experience, um, where when we follow the call of God, there will be those that are close to us that don't believe us or actively oppose us. And that can be really devastating and discouraging to the point that we may kind of question what we're doing. We may say, God, I'm out. Like, I could maybe go through a few trials. I could make maybe go through not having very many results. But having some of my closest friends leave me or having family members oppose me, that really can get us off course fast. However, we can find encouragement in that. I love what John Bloom says about the opposition of Jesus Brothers. He says, Not even a perfect witness guarantees that loved ones will see and embrace the gospel. Um, you know, Jesus was perfect. And yet he had opposition from those in his family. I think sometimes we think, well, if I, I could just be a more perfect witness, or if I said this differently or did this differently, and we definitely can use wisdom about the way that we speak to others and be gracious and loving and patient and kind and all those good things. But Jesus was a perfect witness. And there were those close to him who did not believe in him. But that's not really where the story ends. Jesus' brothers eventually became believers. And after his resurrection, they went on to further his ministry, lead in the early church. Some of them penned books of the Bible, went on to be martyrs of the faith. So the very brothers that were probably a real thorn in the side when Jesus was growing up, they, at a later point, testified. testified that Jesus was Lord later in life. So we similarly may be in a situation where not only are we facing opposition from those outside, um, you know, as far as unbelievers or people we encounter in our workplace or in our neighborhood or our kids' school, but there may be those close to us. Maybe an unbelieving spouse, maybe those in our family. And it can be so stressful because we don't ever get a relief from it we're in constant you know we're constantly having to interact with these individuals and it can make it very difficult for us to the point that we feel like you know this is just too much we should just give up but we can look at the example of jesus and see that those people that it's at one point look like they would never follow him eventually did. And that's not to say that everybody who opposes us will become followers, but we can be very encouraged that Jesus did the right thing. And some of those people that may be so opposed to us now, God may use us to bring them to the faith, even though they don't appear at the moment to look like they're going to actually become a believer, that God can bring them to faith. So we shouldn't be encouraged. And God isn't he, our, his plans for us are not thwarted by our enemies. So, people who oppose us, he uses them in his plan for us. Even though Jesus was opposed on every front, it never thwarted the plans God had for him. So, that's something to keep in mind. We've been talking in this episode just about those things that really can get us down, get us discouraged in the faith. And what we need to re- remember kind of in closing is that the Christian life is, it is not a cakewalk. We are a peculiar people. We are different. We're living in a place that isn't our home. People will laugh at us. We will struggle to do God's work in the midst of other demands. And often the work God gives us, we may we may not even know why he has us do some of the things he do, that he does. It may not make sense to us, but if we align in God's will, our work will yield fruit Instead of falling by the wayside, letting, letting our discouraging situations and those who oppose us cause us to drift in our faith, we can persevere in the midst of trials and not quit before the harvest comes. Let's pray. Dear Lord, some of us listening to this right now, we are in the thick of opposition, trials, maybe even persecution. Maybe it's coming at us with such force that we feel like we're in just the eye of a hurricane and we don't see any end in sight or an escape. And Lord, let us be like Paul, where when he was struggling with fears outside and even fears within, that he turned to you and he knew that you were the only comfort. Instead of falling away in our faith, Lord, help us just be encouraged and to look out for these these obstacles, these things that can derail our faith and to know the trials and opposition and persecution, it's a normal part of the Christian walk, that it's not something that needs to derail us. It's not something that needs to knock us off course. I just pray for strength, encouragement for the people listening, whether they're going through a trial now or if there's something in the future. And Lord, this is just to help them to prepare for what lies ahead. Lord, I, I pray, Lord, that we would all remain steadfast in our faith, that we would continually turn to you and not away from you when life gets hard, and that we would find in you the strength we need to persevere in our Christian walk. In Jesus' name, amen.